Welcome back to another episode of Vulnerable Views, a podcast where we open up and talk about things that are important to us and topics that are less talked about in our opinion. I'm Faria. And I'm Shelly. And we are so excited to share our views with you. It's 2020 and we're in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) We did not predict this going into this year. (laughs) Not at all. I'm thinking about the last time I saw you, Shelly. You're like, okay, bye. See you at the next recording. Um, And I see you never. Because it was, we've last recorded anything early March. I feel like a few days before all this kind of started going down in Texas. Yeah. Because we ended up splitting that episode into two parts. So yeah, that is weird that the last time we actually recorded an episode was so long ago, it feels like. It's just, it's a sadness of like not realizing every time I saw someone was like the last time I was going to see them for a couple of months. I know. Yeah, like I had my birthday party and um, I was like, okay, I'll see everyone soon, I'm sure. And then it was literally, I think it was like maybe the week after that, um, that everything started to kind of. <laughs> so we thought it would be fitting to have this topic for this episode be kind of all about mental health with the pandemic specifically and the kind of more specific topic we wanted to focus on is trauma because I think trauma is so relevant right now with um, we're all kind of going through this collective trauma for everyone it's brought up some maybe some past trauma that we've experienced and some past coping mechanisms and things that we've kind of tools that we've used in the past to deal with trauma we've experienced and um, yeah so we kind of wanted to dive into overall how this experience has been for us and specifically kind of talking about dealing with mental health and trauma. So for the purpose of being as accurate as possible, I mean, first off, I think you guys know this already, but Shelly and I are not mental health professionals in any form. So everything, I think we're mental health advocates is a better word, but anything we say is not like, you know, professional advice or professional knowledge even we try to do our research as much as possible but really we are only speaking and know based on our experiences we've definitely talked about deep stuff but this is probably the deepest episode we're gonna have so far Mm -hmm. um but yeah no 100% hear you it's been a global traumatic experience and we both live alone and it's just been really hard I have a lot of friends that are either married or in relationships or um or living with roommates or they have pets so I think it is interesting that um, I feel like you and I are in this not necessarily unique situation. I'm sure there are a lot of I'm, I know there are a lot of people out there who are also living alone or single or don't have pets. But I think it is something that you and I kind of can um, relate with each other on, I think, is just kind of that extra isolation of not even having a dog to cuddle with. <laughs> Which has been, yeah, I actually, I find myself like scrolling through the Austin Animal Shelter, like Instagram account where they have all these cute puppies. And I'm like, should I adopt a dog? Like, I'm like, it would just be so nice to have another warm body to um, cuddle with. And I know you've talked to me about your your weighted blanket, which I feel like is at least something that kind of helps feel like a a hug. Yeah, I have a weighted blanket, which has been really helpful. And then I have a heating pad because I'm a grandma. So it's like a small (laughs) heating pad. But the combination of the two, I'm like, ah, warm and weight, which sounds weird as I say it out loud. But uh, no, I've spent more. (laughs) I have spent more time on dog adoption websites in this pandemic than I have in the last nine months or whatever. Um, 
And I actually yeah. was reading through, there's an article, like, should you get a dog during COVID? No, it was so close, but um, I think I've decided not to at the moment. But yeah, it's yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. I think we're going to talk a little bit about our trauma because it's in situations like this, old behaviors come up. I know you and I have experienced trauma pre-pandemic. And so some of those behaviors and those coping mechanisms that we had during those times are kind of presenting themselves in this new time. And I know for Mm -hmm. me, um, it wasn't something I realized really when it was happening, but looking back and like kind of getting called out on it, for lack of a better word, I got really like quiet. So I'm an extrovert. I think if you guys have listened to enough episodes, I have a problem where I can't stop talking. But um, (laughs) I got really just quiet. I think I went into shock of what was going on. And then um, being quiet and silent has been my reaction to trauma in the past. So I didn't really notice it until like my friends, you know, when everyone started social distancing and like we stayed in our houses, everyone's like reaching out or my friends and I were all like chatting about it. And oh my God, like, you know, what's happening, like talking through our feelings. And I just really wasn't talking. And I didn't realize that until one of my friends was like, I'm worried about you. You're not you're not talking and you usually talk. And then it, it hit me and I just realized I had been going back to that behavior. Um, but yeah, how about how about you? How has it presented itself for you? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's interesting how, you know, everyone has different, um, different coping mechanisms and things. I feel like for me, I, um, I haven't noticed myself getting more quiet. I feel like I've still been talking a lot with friends and stuff. Um, but yeah, one, I guess, coping mechanism that I have used in the past that has come up again has been um, emotional eating or binge eating. So um, I think just obviously being stuck alone in your apartment for so long, it's really easy to just kind of be sitting in front of the TV and eating more than maybe you would if you're um, – going out and seeing friends and things like that. So um, yeah, in the past, I definitely, um, I think it started back in college. I kind of developed a little bit of a um, emotional kind of attachment with food where it just brings me a lot of comfort and it just helps me when, or, you know, in reality it doesn't actually help, but that's kind of, you know, coping mechanisms. It, it brings you some sort of comfort or you feel like it's helping you in the moment of like, mm-hmm. um, for me, I'll just, um, start uh just yeah feel like I need to eat and really it's like I've realized there's probably other emotions going on where maybe I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling obviously right now like isolated and you know really probably what I'm craving is like talking to a friend or or going on a walk or something but my brain kind of tells me like oh you're craving food right so I'll be like oh I need to eat a bunch of chocolate right now or I need to um and basically you know, I think, I think everyone does that to a certain extent, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people do, you know, you'll crave a food and you'll want to eat it. But I think the difference is just when it gets to a point where it feels a little bit out of control, where I'll be like, oh, suddenly I ate this whole bag of chips and I didn't feel like I was consciously doing that. It was just like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I need to eat this because I'm trying to um, fill some kind of void or something. Um, so that's been something that, and it's interesting because I think the first week or two, it didn't, it didn't come up for me. Like, right. I think the first couple week or two, maybe I was still a little bit in denial maybe where I was like, um, okay, like this isn't going to be too bad. I'm still mm-hmm. FaceTiming my friends. I'm still uh-huh. like, you know, and I don't know if you experienced that too, where it was like, um, at first maybe those coping mechanisms didn't pop up, but then 
at least for me, the longer this has gone on, the more I'm like, suddenly I realize, oh, wow, okay, <laughs> I am doing these certain things that I did used to do in past trauma. Um, but yeah, might not realize it at first, but yeah. Um, and it brings you comfort, right? Is what yeah. it sounds like. You're reaching mm-hmm. for the bag of chips or for chocolate, like that fulfills you in a way because you are going through this traumatic and like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, right? I'm just trying to relay back what I'm hearing is like that, that brings something that you're not able, like you're not able to get that physical interaction or that social interaction with people. Yeah. So yeah, I was thinking about it and I realized the last or the first time when I really remember kind of starting this coping mechanism with the eating was when I was studying abroad in Spain for a semester. And um, I kind of had this realization the other day where I was like, you know, obviously that was, I had, I was around people still, but it was a lot of new people. And it was, I was very much isolated from my friends and family back home, right? Because I was in Spain. And so I think, um, I don't know, the other day I kind of realized like, oh, I think it is very similar. Because I remember that bringing me comfort when I was really sad and homesick in, when I was in Spain for a whole semester. And I like, couldn't see my family in person, couldn't see my friends in person. Um, and Anyway, so I think that that's kind of bringing up some similar feelings for me now where it's like, it's very similar, right? Because when I was in Spain, I would FaceTime my family or Skype them or whatever. And that was how I communicated and with my friends too. And so now it's kind of similar where it's like, I'm not in a different country, but it kind of feels that way sometimes because we Mm -hmm. can't see anyone in person. So it's a lot of like, yeah, like kind of like what you're saying, trying to find ways to feel comfort when you can't get that from... um, hugging someone or seeing them in person. And just to be as accurate as possible, I actually looked up the definition of trauma and looked it up in a couple of different places too, because I feel like it's um, it's a term that can be difficult to define. So Merriam-Webster defines it as a disordered psychic or behavioral state resulting from severe mental or emotional stress or physical injury. And then according to the Center for Anxiety Disorders, it's defined as a psychological emotional response to an event or an experience that is deeply distressing or disturbing and that latter one I think speaks more to like what we're feeling right now and what the world is kind of feeling right now in terms of like how everything that's going on right now compares to the previous trauma that we've gone through I actually um I've been trying to study trauma for a little bit I would say the last last several months I've spent um reading one book in particular that is about trauma, um, the body keeps the score. It's a pretty well-known book in the world of trauma because I, I actually have a good amount of history with trauma. I grew up in a well-intentioned but also unfortunately traumatic kind of environment and didn't really realize it until I was diagnosed with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, in 2016. And I remember I kind of laughed off the diagnosis because it didn't make sense. My my response was, I can't have PTSD. I've never been in a war. But after reading more about it and learning about it and examining my, ol- my own life, it made a lot of sense. So I was diagnosed in 2016, and I wasn't able to be fully financially stable and in a place where I could fully take care of myself until 2018. And that was when I really started getting treatment for PTSD. So the last two years have been focused on, because I always... And when I talk about mental health, I talk about anxiety and depression because I have those. And it's funny, I only usually mention those two. I don't talk about PTSD because I think it's, I feel like when people say mental health, anxiety and depression is more well-known and PTSD is maybe not as well-known outside of war. So I always, and I, and it's just a, let me give you the two quote-unquote more well-known ones. So um, I had spent some time in awareness of 
my anxiety and depression and trying to work on that. But specifically the last two years working on treatment of the PTSD and understanding that. Um, it's been very interesting then having done that and then all of us being thrust into this global traumatic experience where it's like, okay, I have this knowledge and I know myself and I know how I act in traumatic situations and seeing that play out in the pandemic um, has been very insightful. Yeah, so I really can relate to what you talked about with um, how you mostly just mentioned your anxiety and depression when talking about mental health. I think I feel like over the years I've been, I've started to become much more open with talking about how I I do have depression and anxiety, and that has been something that I've, you know, I think I've basically was born with that. Um, it's a, you know, has not been situational for me, I guess, is what I would say. And um, yeah, I think it's sometimes you can definitely, um, yeah, and I agree with what you were saying about how um, anxiety and depression kind of are just more, t- more talked about, I think, and they're, when you think of oh, someone is struggling with mental health issues. Like those are kind of two of the first um, disorders you think of, but there definitely is a much wider range. And I think um, I also had never really thought of myself as being someone who had experienced trauma or who would have PTSD. Um, I will say I have not been diagnosed with it, so I don't want to um, sound like I'm saying that I definitely have PTSD, but I did experience things in college that um, are very commonly associated with having PTSD. And I know that I have had a lot of um, anxiety and different coping mechanisms and things that have come from those experiences. So um, when I was in college, I was sexually assaulted. And um, I think that initially I had a lot of denial about that. And I didn't really come to terms with the fact that, um, that those experiences had been non-consensual, um, for you, it took me a few years to really kind of process all of that. Um, but I think over the past few years when I've really done a lot of work with my therapist and just personally with, um, processing what I experienced, um, and coming to terms with the fact that that was a trauma. And, um, I have realized that there is a lot of, yeah, trauma that stems from my college experience, which unfortunately had some um, sexual assault. And um, when I look back on that time and kind of how I handled those situations, I realized that there was a lot of coping mechanisms that kind of were born from that, um, which, uh, like I mentioned earlier, when I was studying abroad in Spain, I kind of started emotional eating and binge eating. And I, um, I was sexually assaulted um, at the beginning of my semester in Spain. And so I think that was part of what kind of um, brought out those brought out that coping mechanism for me. Um, But yeah, similar to you, Faria, I, especially when I was younger, I thought of PTSD as being something that was for veterans. And yeah, so I think it's taken me a few years to realize that there are a lot of different types of trauma, right? And, you know, you and I have experienced different types of trauma, but we both, I think, can relate on having certain stress and anxiety. And um, I think I've never been formally diagnosed with PTSD, but I do feel like I have that because a lot of um, a lot of survivors of sexual assault do have PTSD and sexual assault is obviously a very real and 
real trauma that we go through. Um, so yeah, I would definitely was relating to what you're talking about with, I think, for some reason, PTSD is still kind of very much mostly associated with, um, with being in war, but there are just so many different types of trauma and there may very well be people that um, come out of this with some form of PTSD. Ever since I've been diagnosed, I've been trying to read more about it and learn more about it to heal as well as just be aware. And children who have gone through traumatic experiences in their life, I can actually have PTSD that's three times as severe as that of a war veteran. And I oh, think wow. PTSD seems to be on this, uh, you know, scale as in, you know, it's trauma and is not the same for everyone. Like what's traumatic for some people may not be traumatic to others. Or like people can go through similar experiences and have vastly different reactions and behaviors or consequences of those. Um, so, yeah, I think trauma, like, like again, like we both mentioned, like anxiety, depression, I feel like are the, the, the that is talked about in mental health circles. And when it comes to trauma, when it comes to other mental health conditions or illnesses there's like almost like another layer of stigma like how do you talk about that I know I really struggled and like even in this podcast like really struggled about how to talk about it and how to open up about it um because I think you and I aren't the only ones that associate uh trauma with like war like these very uh stereotypical um mm -hmm. behaviors and patterns and like types of people who who deal with trauma and but yeah like what we are going through right now is incredibly traumatic no one anticipated this happening on the scale that it did and some days like I still wake up and can't believe like this is a world and like this is what we're gonna have to do for for a while it seems and it has a deep effect on uh, the mind and the body right as you kind of delved into that with how um, your eating habits um, or behaviors kind of change as a result like I I really feel anxiety in my stomach and a lot of the um, like research so shifting away from trauma a little bit right but like anxiety is also related to trauma so like if I get triggered by and that's another thing I will usually get anxiety um, when I get triggered by PTSD right um, I'll get triggered by something and the first thing is I feel is just this immense amount of anxiety and it sits in my gut and like I can't eat. Um, I don't want to eat. Sometimes I have a hard time sleeping. Like it really affects, I'll have nightmares, like days that I've had really, um, days that have been triggered by things I've encountered. Um, I'll have really bad nightmares that night or something mm -hmm. similar. Right. So it really affects your body a lot is what I've noticed. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it can just be really difficult to talk about those things. Cause sometimes we don't even realize we're going through trauma. Right. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, I've also, I've experienced a lot of nightmares and just weird dreams during this pandemic. And um, I've been having a hard time sleeping as well. And just, um, I think, yeah, not being able to fall asleep or just not sleeping, you know, waking up a lot throughout the night. And um, yeah, I think that is something that people don't always think about is that um, your, your body and your, and your mind are both um, reacting to the trauma, even if you don't necessarily realize that um, that what you're going through is traumatic at the in the moment. Like I think I do think that's very common. Um, I've talked to other women who have been sexually assaulted, and they said that um, they experienced something similar to what I experienced, which was that they didn't right away like realize that what they that what had happened was um, was traumatic, and it's almost like your brain kind of tries to protect you sometimes by not, um, you know, maybe you're not fully ready to, um, 
to process what happened yet. So I think mm-hmm. even like what I had said earlier with, with, you know, with this pandemic, I think the first couple of weeks, it was almost like I was kind of in denial, similarly to how I was um, with the traumatic events I experienced in college, where, mm-hmm. you know, the first couple of weeks, I was like, Oh, maybe this isn't as bad. Like, this isn't that bad. Oh, I can, you know, I can do this. I'm yeah, I live alone. But like, I'm still talking to my friends on FaceTime and everything's it's almost like my brain was like tricking me into being like, everything's fine. You're fine. You're not like even yeah, even the first couple of weeks, I was like, Oh, I really don't feel that anxious or depressed at all. Like I actually was mm-hmm. like, huh, maybe my mental health is in a better place than I thought it was and all this stuff. And then, um, and then it kind of hits you later. So I think, yeah, it's just interesting how the, the brain and, and, and your body, um, sometimes there's a little bit of a delay and then, um, yeah. And then, cause it was after a few weeks that I started having nightmares and just having a harder time sleeping and, mm-hmm. and the emotional eating. And then, um, just my anxiety has been, um, a lot higher recently too. So, um, but yeah, I think it's important to mention that, that it's that, you know, like you said, every, what's traumatic to some people might not be traumatic to others. And maybe there are people out there who, will not feel traumatized by this event, even though um, it is affecting most of our lives in a big way. But, you know, there's just, um, everyone's different, I guess. Yeah, and, like, it can shape so much of your life, right? As someone who, like, grew up in trauma, and there were things when I left for college that I noticed, like, didn't happen in other households that happened in mine, and I was like, wait, that's not normal, right? Um, Or just because I had gone through certain things, my reactions, like even very few of my friends know this, because again, it's not, PTSD is not something I talk about often, but I don't like scary movies. And people just think it's because I just don't like horror and that that's a part of it. But the main reason is like, I don't, I don't like jump scares. I don't like that feeling you get in your gut when you don't know whether or not something bad is going to happen, because that Mm -hmm. is all too familiar. So yeah, things, similar things like that, where it's just like, it seems normal or should be normal, but because you've had trauma, things that are considered normal may be triggering for you, right? Or um, Yeah. And that's hard to ex- can kind of explain and stuff. So it's definitely like, I think that's part of why it's not talked about because if people haven't gone through traumatic experiences, it's like you're, I know I feel I, I'm worried I'm not going to be understood or I'm going to be misunderstood. Like, mm-hmm. like really, you can't watch a horror movie and it's like, no, it's not just like, oh, I don't like scary movies. Like it goes deeper than that for me. So yeah. I think that's part of it is the fear because I know with other stuff I talked about um, and not even just other stuff. There's obviously like there's people who relate and people who can't. But I think trauma is so personal that it's so, 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 so all the souls are to talk about it. Like we're, you know, I, Shelly and I, for the most part, I think our conversations really flow. But I'll be honest, this one is kind of hard for us right now to navigate how to share and how to go back and forth and how to respect each other's privacy because it isn't talked about. So. I know I've always been worried that if I mention it, how is the reaction going to be, especially from people who don't understand it and are just like, well, like that happens like to a lot of people, you should just get over it. Or like, you know, or it's like, that's not trauma. Like I went through something worse. Like I, it's just so like terrifying for me uh, because it Mm -hmm. does have a deep effect on our lives as you and I talk about. Uh, And healing is so hard. Healing from trauma is so like, I, I think healing on a lot of ranges is having to sit through your feelings and so and sitting through what makes you uncomfortable and when that's trauma and having to confront that it's very like I get physically ill and the work that I've done trying to 
deal with my trauma, I have gone physically ill because Mm -hmm. it's very, very difficult. And yeah, it's just, it's hard. Yeah. No, yeah, it is. um, Yeah, I think that one of the hardest things for me about trying to heal um, with anything, whether it's from trauma or, you know, working on um, things to do with my anxiety or depression is, um, yeah, it can feel so frustrating when you feel like, okay, I've, I've improved or, you know, things are different now. And then, yeah, like you said, like one little thing can kind of trigger you or, um, I don't know. I just know I, that's just always the worst feeling when you're like, especially for me. And I know, I think you can relate to this too, or I tend to be very hard on myself. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. when something small triggers me, I'm like, Oh, I thought you would heal more from this, even though healing is kind of this, obviously a spectrum or it's kind of a, you're never going to be fully healed. And that's the truth of it. Unfortunately, it's like any, any trauma that anyone experiences. I don't think you ever, you're never going to fully be better. Right. Like that's kind of how mental health, mental illness works. Um, so that can be really difficult. I think with trauma when it's like, oh, this is something that I'm going to have to carry with me for the rest of my life, you know, but it's just about learning how to, um, I don't know, um, deal with it in more healthy ways, I guess. And, um, but yeah, so just like healing can be, or is always really, really hard. I think during this pandemic, um, another thing that is really difficult is just figuring out how to best take care of ourselves and what we kind of need right now, because it is such a new experience that obviously none of us have gone through something like this before. So I think it is healthy to have entertainment and watch TV and watch movies, um, but trying to be active too a little bit and going on walks and um, seeing the outdoors (laughs) is helpful. Um, And then I guess the, the other thing that I thought of that I think has been helping me is just having something to focus my energy and my mind on a little bit, because yeah. for me with, and I don't, I'm sure maybe you have a similar thing with anxiety. One way that anxiety kind of manifests for me is by like having a lot of uh, just racing or like looping thoughts where I'm yeah. just obsessing over one thing, or I can't stop thinking about something, even though it's mm-hmm. like hurting me or something. So I think, um, having, well, like having this podcast has been very helpful for me to focus on this and focus on, um, I also, I recently joined TikTok, which is, oh my God, I love it. Me too. Yeah, you do too. Yeah. I I feel like you and you have so many great videos. (laughs) Well, it's like, yeah, it's like good and bad because it's, um, it's been good for me, I think, to have something to do when I'm like just bored and sitting around instead of like, just, um, spiraling thinking too much about everything going on I'm like okay let yeah. me just film a TikTok video and it's there it's very lighthearted and fun and like can we please give your TikTok a shout out what's your TikTok oh yeah my TikTok <laughs> follow us on TikTok yeah follow us on TikTok <laughs> in unison follow us on TikTok <laughs> um so my oh. TikTok is I connected it to my Instagram account so it's the same username yeah. as my Instagram which is Shelly Ray blog yeah just focusing on different things. So I think, um, I've been trying to, I've been posting more regularly on my Instagram account as well. So that's been fun to kind of, um, I don't know. I think for whatever reason, uh, before this happened, I feel like I was not 
I hadn't really gotten down a good like rhythm of posting regularly on Instagram. So I feel like um, I've gotten, I've been doing that a little bit more just because I am on social media so much right now, I feel like, but it just kind of reminds me like, oh, I should, which it seems funny because it's like, theoretically, I would have less photos to be posting right now because I'm just at home. But I think it's just, it's made me think more creatively about like, like, oh, I'll just post the selfie of me drinking wine at home because that's what I'm doing right now. And it doesn't have to be super staged necessarily. But um, yeah, so I feel like a lot of it has just been social media focused. Um, I do want to try to do some more writing projects. I have not been doing it yet, but I want to try to write more blog posts. And I've also like a goal of mine for a long time has been to write a book. So I feel like I've been wanting to try to at least start writing something and just see what happens. I'm not saying I'm going to write a whole book during the pandemic, but like just but Shakespeare wrote yeah plays, so <laughs> exactly that's know. the that's the bar that's been set by history. No, <laughs> Shelley so, Shakespeare. I mean, you already have alliteration wow. working in your favor. Didn't think about that. Yeah, <laughs> so I got to get on that. Let's see. <laughs> that's awesome that you've actually um, been more productive. I've had the opposite. I. I kind of haven't felt like doing anything, which bums me out. Um, I've gotten a few questions from people about, because I was, I started teaching dance classes. Um, and obviously right now the studios are all closed, so that's not happening. And so I've gotten a couple people, pe- couple of people asking me if I was going to move those online, like a lot of uh, mm-hmm. places and studios have done. But I, it's weird. I don't want to. I had this kind of revelation um, a few weeks into isolation of how, and not to like, I'm not raining on your parade or anything. This is just my experience. But like, I had this revelation that I do a lot of projects and mm-hmm. I really love doing projects, but I also do them as a way to like do something I love and also prove my worth because I've always correlated productivity with self-worth. Mm-hmm. So, and just... It, you know, it was, I think it was really isolation and stuff because being at home all day, every day, it was different when I like would go to an office and work and then maybe see friends or go on dates or do whatever. And then like, you know, do my projects, but like there was more motion. But now I just felt like, especially with everything being digital, like all my products are digital. I'm working mm-hmm. from home now. That's all digital. I was just on the screen so much every day that it, it started to not seem fun. And that's yeah. when I realized I needed to take a step back and maybe... It's good because I feel like that's take for me that's taking care of myself. Yeah. Because I've I've either devoted that time to working through feelings that I avoided with with projects before, mm-hmm. um, really working through them and sitting them because that's also my biggest fear when all this started. I and I'm a huge extrovert and I don't do well being alone, mm-hmm. um, mainly because my thoughts will go to like a dark place. So I was very 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 scared that yeah. that was gonna happen and. You know, it kind of did. Like, I did start going to some dark places, and um, but I was able to. And I don't, and I don't even want to champion myself when I say it. Like, I was able to because there there were some scary moments, and it was hard. But I was able to confront them and deal with them in a way that I think I wouldn't have pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. because pre-pandemic I probably would have like brushed them aside by doing other things. Um, yeah. having limitations of not being able to go outside and not being able to do your everyday normal and literally being in the safe box every day has made me um, confront them and deal with them. And so in a weird way, I'm glad about that. Yeah. Uh, and just being like aware of, of how I feel and, and what mm-hmm. I what do I want to do, right? So like relating back to like projects and stuff, like I've been dancing, I've been creating, but I haven't been like 
in the past, I think I'd post that everywhere. Or I'd try to turn something into a project. Um, but I've just been kind of doing it for my own self. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I feel like it's an, it, it's good that, like, you and I have had kind of different experience. I think that shows that, um, yeah, what's healthy for one person is not necessarily health. So, like, for you, like you said, you do tend to, like, take on a lot of projects and it actually, and you realized it was actually not going to be beneficial for you to be like posting a ton or do you know and and mm -hmm. like so i think it's just like during this time everyone kind of has to figure out okay what's what do i need right now to be right and like um yeah it's and i don't know so i, I just think that's interesting so it's like you and i can both share like oh this is what we've been doing to um to take care of ourselves, but you know, mm -hmm. everyone listening, like they've probably been doing, maybe doing different things or whatever is working for us is not going to work for them. So I, I just think that's yeah. one of the interesting things about, it's like, we're all experiencing the same thing and we're all going through this collective trauma together, but everyone is going to um, react differently and everyone's going to um, need different things. And um, I don't know. So Anyway, that was yeah. just something that I thought of when you were talking. I was like, it's no, it's interesting because, yeah. you know, we're it's what's going on right now is so unique. I don't think there is a right way to do it. I think there's helpful yeah. tips. I think it's helpful to share experiences like us doing this podcast. We we were going to do it anyways because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. But then with the pandemic, it's like everyone's mental health is, uh, I feel like, affected in some way or another by what's mm -hmm. going on because it's such a drastic change from the life that we're used to. But even then, it's like everyone is experiencing it yeah. so differently. And the best way is really just to, like, support each other. Like, I will love all your TikToks all the time. <laughs> Thank you. Like, 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 <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to everything that we shared in this episode. Um, we would love to hear some of your experiences and your stories and just how you all are coping with quarantining. Um, so if you would like to email us, we have an email account for our podcast. It is vulnerableviewspodcasts at gmail.com. So you can feel free to email us and just tell us how you all are doing. We'd love to hear from you. And also, if you have not already, please follow our Instagram account at vulnerableviews. And you can DM us, send us messages on Instagram, um, talking about your stories as well. And we also have a Twitter account. I feel like not as many people follow us on Twitter, but if you're on Twitter, it is at vulnerable view without the S because yeah, someone else has Because Twitter is, yeah. Yeah. Twitter's annoying. <laughs> um, oh, someone and we also it. have, um, we started a Facebook group too, which is, I believe it's vulnerable views podcast on Facebook. Um, and it's a yeah. private group that you can join. And we want to use that as another platform to kind of connect with you all and hear your stories and experiences, especially during this crazy time that we're all going through. So yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we will talk to you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.